looking at the root of illnesses. This is a state of getting out of balance with the rest of the cosmos or the universe, and which is very well designed in architecture. It's a highly intelligent uh, living system. And if we work in balance with that, then we just experience wellness and good health. If we swim against the tide, so to say, it leads to all forms of what we call disease or illness. Illness starts on a metaphysical level, some angst within the person deep down, feeling of shame, guilt, insecurity, not knowing their place in the world, not knowing how to stand on their own two feet. Then mental anguish, you know, panic, fear, shame, guilt, uncertainty, anxiety. Um, and then that eventually will translate into some sort of physical illness. So what we find when we treat effectively is that often as the disease heals, we get an emotional catharsis. And so because I've seen that so many times, I know in my own self that to really heal, we need to look at the spiritual aspects of a person. A lot of my patients were coming to me um, with cancer, having tried all the conventional therapies and nothing having worked for them and in a terminal state. Generally, I could give them some help. Usually, I couldn't save their lives. It's very difficult being this proverbial ambulance at the bottom of a cliff. We tend to have an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff mentality. It's extremely expensive and it's very destructive to our social systems. And it also means we're not looking after our environment properly. It's reflected outwards. It's reflected outwards. It's reflected outward through relationships and breakdowns in society in various ways and reflected outward and damaging. You know, we damaged most of our water systems of the world. We've damaged our, our air systems with pollution. We've destroyed most of the world's soil in the last 150 years. Our food's depleted in nutrition. Drugs through the mainstream system are enormously expensive to develop and they tend to create a lot of side effects that in many cases don't work. They only give about two to three percent extra performance above a placebo effect, which is free. Things like dementia and diabetes and obesity and things like that are just going out of control. And the mainstream system doesn't know how to uh, cope with them particularly well. A lot of the medical system was set up for the military. You can understand why military had a budget and then the security of nations depend on the strength of their military. So they got very good at things like operations and managing um, acute conditions, accidents, things like that. It hasn't changed much. The mainstream medical system is not affected with chronic disease. Dementia may well bankrupt the Western world if we don't immediately start to deal with it more proactively. What's causing this? Well, it's imbalance of the hormones, and this is why I spoke, I spoke about iodine and the thyroid before, because that's your master gland, and that, that helps to manage and regulate a lot of your hormone systems. The other important thing in relation to that is the um, adrenal system, and that's your energy and immunity uh, gland, and then the adrenals control or regulate about 50 hormones. So between the adrenals and the thyroid, it's actually really, really simple and very cost-effective to help people deal with the majority of their health issues. Then if you treat the gut as well, and because the majority of the cells in the body are in the gut, 90% of the cells in your body are bacteria, or bacteria-related cells, and then primarily in your gut. Did you know that there are over 100 trillion biotica called the bionome that live in our gut. And they mitigate all cell metabolism. They're cofactors in producing enzymes which break down our food. Mm -hmm. And they are called good and bad bacterium that live in our bionome. 
yeast and fungus. When a yeast turns to a fungus, the next stage is a cancer. So when you're eating sugar and you're eating processed food, it feeds, not only feeds the candida albicans, which you get all these bacteria when you're born from your mother's milk and when you come through the vaginal passage. So cesarean kids might be uh, more susceptible to immune problems. The bionome creates the chemical soup for all cell metabolism, for nervous function, and essentially for immunity. And immunity is a huge topic. Dear to my heart, I'm getting tingles, but immunity is something we inherit from our, our mom and we get from our environment by getting down and eating dirt and being in with life. life. <laughs> and we've been given anti-life, antibiotics. We've been, that whole process has been taken away from us. Diet. Now, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, um, uh, you know, um, totally committed, you know, to a healthy diet because my lifestyle you know, on the front line of the anti-bracket community doesn't actually lend itself to that. But it's make the effort. You know, it's stay away from the junk food. I mean, you're not going to find me at a McDonald's or a Burger King or a KFC, you know, anytime soon. Watch what you're, you're drinking, you know. I mean, even bottled water, uh, some of the bottled water has fluoride in it. Work in terms of looking after your health. You know, to, we're using natural medicines, which are about prevention rather than cure, which is why the pharmaceutical industry is desperate to shut them down. Stimulants like coffee and sugar and processed foods and especially dairy and wheat are so irritating to the gut lining. You look at a lot of reptiles and they sit on a rock and feed themselves and they sit on a rock and they feed themselves and that's what they do and that's what happens to people in a general term whose adrenals are depleted to a certain level. Then their immunity starts to drop and disease starts to seep in. So we treated hundreds and hundreds of people for cancer and we tend to be very successful with a lot of our programs which are you know, balanced nutritional holistic programs, mind, body and, 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 and mindfulness and things like that related. But I don't think I've met a single person with cancer who hasn't had an adrenal problem to start with. So again, you've got to understand how the adrenal system works, the fact that it controls or regulates 50 other hormones and it has an enormous amount of impact on the ability to use your brain effectively and the types of way you use a brain which are either at a survival or a thrival priority. Everybody's got cancer, everybody. And even a newborn child's got cancer. But the immune system tends to take care of it. And this is, again, understanding the intelligence behind the system that we live in. Nutrition is one of the key elements to um, healing the body, but the body is actually a vehicle of, of consciousness and it heals itself given the right environment. You know, I mean, if you're looking at drug companies' motivations, again, you're talking about corporations which are uh, established for the purposes of making money. And I remember a famous quote, I can't remember who said it, but they said there's more money in searching for a cure for cancer than there is actually finding it. And there are huge numbers of drugs for cancer on the market, and many of them are very expensive. The new ones are very expensive. As the old ones get older, of course, they're no longer patented, so they're not so expensive. Tobacco companies would fund research which was um, designed not to show a problem and then publish it and then trumpet the results um, you know, loudly through multimedia channels. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you would find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. 
Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. In 1999, one in 2,000 children were being diagnosed with conscious disorders such as ADHD, autism, asbestos. Last year, a survey came out showed one in 30 children are now being diagnosed with these disorders. They are erratic mind syndrome. You can label them any way you like, but they are one thing, erratic mind syndrome. These children are showing us something, okay? They're showing us to stop being erratic of our own minds. And I've proven it in a few cases in autistic homes where I've put certain things into those homes and gave parents certain things to do, and those children calm right down. But I'm not calming the children down, I'm calming the parents down. It has nothing to do with the children. And everyone offloads on that the child's the problem or this person's the problem. You stick a child like that in a mall where all the mind is, and they start to flip out and break down, and they can't manage themselves. Their labels, and the labels weren't there before. And it isn't a disease, it isn't something you can have. It is a description of symptoms that sometimes fit more or less with people. Yeah, so give them Ritalin. You know, give, them, give them a drug that you know, will literally turn them into, into zombies. You know, anybody who shows any kind of individuality is effectively being demonized. Mm. These children that are a bit more restless are, are, are taught that they are no good. And they get E's and C's and D's and never A's and uh, B's. So in the, uh, at, we deliver them at 12 at secondary agency. And the only thing we told them is that school sucks big time. I saw a, a graphic recently, which was a barcode. And it was, it was showing humanity's evolution of the, uh, the tribe through to individuality. And then the loss of features, the loss of individuality into the pure barcode. And, and that's exactly what is happening right now. A Ritalin or Cosetta, if you uh, have this kind of personality structure or, or this tendency, uh, it, it helps you to focus. And part of the, the medication helps you to, to, to relax your muscles. Like me, I'm, I'm also quite a, I'm sorry, I'm also quite a, you know, a, I have 30 things in my head. But, but two of them might be very creative and, and different from the rest of the thoughts that you have. Like, okay, I have to uh, get to the shop to buy milk. But, but it also might be an idea for a better uh, workshop tomorrow for the children. So if you have many thoughts in your head and you're restless and you can't concentrate on a boring task for long, that might mean, I don't say it always means, but it might mean that you're, very, that you're quite creative. Homeschooled kids think a lot more outside of the square because they haven't gone into a system at five and been told how to think and what to draw and what to write. I try uh, uh, to teach children how to read. It's never relevant to them. If you're very much interested in reptiles, you never get during reading time books about reptiles. Why? Because if you uh, want to read comics or reptiles or whatever things, then you're reading and then you're practicing how to read. So why are we doing, are we acting so complicated? The public schooling system was created by Prussia uh, pre-World War One, and they had a war with France and they beat them resoundingly. And the French found out that it was because the Prussians had a public schooling system which actually taught children and tore them away from their parents at a very young age and then forcibly indoctrinated them to love their country. 
the rest of the world saw the resounding success that the Prussian Empire had against the French, and soon thereafter every single major Western country developed a public schooling system, and directly after that, World War I happened, the world's largest ever war, called the Great War, which everybody agreed was so terrible and so painful to bear and so destructive that they vowed to never have another one again. And then public education got bigger. And later on, a guy called Adolf Hitler came along, who was very, very staunch about, about getting people into public education, about giving everybody free education, and teaching them to, again, love their state, to the point where they thought, you know, it'd be a really good idea, bro. Let's have another war. <laughs> they are curious, and they, are, uh, they want to master the world. They want to be uh, king of the world, because that's their age. And normally that, that is still your 24 or so. So why, why kill that? And we have a, a, a boy uh, who's trying to do the same here. And they do exactly opposite of what they're supposed to do. So you know then as a teacher that they are very much aware of what they should do. So they are very uh, smart in that. But they do exactly the opposite. So why should that be? That is, the frame is to, to, to confine for the, for the child. I, particularly for my children, I could see early that they were very creative, they were thinking outside the square, they were really in touch with um, the world and unfortunately in a school system um, we have to, they have to work to national standards which is put there from a government and the teachers don't have the space to explore with them um, that kind of teaching because they have to be able to read at six and they have to be able to do this kind of maths at, which is just nonsense. You have to, people, you know, uh, pressured into sort of choosing a career path when they're very young, before they've got any life experience. You know, pressured into you know, choosing certain career paths simply because it will provide financial security. Financial security to keep well adjusted to the profoundly disharmonious situation we find ourselves in today within the matrix we all collectively accept as real.